Man, how you doing? Long time no see. Long time no see, sir. <laughs> Long time yeah, last no time see. I, last time I saw you, you were Ubering out of my apartment Sunday. Uh, that's right. That's right. A long weekend with Sean is exactly what the doctor ordered. Always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And it started out very randomly, too. The fact that, you know, I put a money line bet down on the Yankees, game one. Had to go mm-hmm. watch it at a nice sports bar. Had a couple drinks at that said sports bar, left with some friends to another sports bar, and there you were, standing there in the flesh. And that's Ironically how the weekend started. Ironically enough, I'm talking to my ex-girlfriend. We're at the repast of a friend's funeral, and there you are, you beautiful bearded bastard. Things were a little bit uh, dim, and then you popped up. A light when it was most necessary, you know, that's... Yeah. I was having an uplifting time, and then Sean came by, and it literally was that much better. So no complaints whatsoever. But um, nevertheless, thank you, everybody, for listening in and wherever you are. Um, so this podcast is brought to you by FightBookMMA.com. They pay the bills. Uh, go to them for the best in news content, podcasts like us. Uh, video content, all that fun stuff. They just signed to one fighting championships in Asia, so they're sh- those boys are shipping out over to Asia. So go on FightBookMMA.com. Um, next event, uh, ECF Live on pay-per-view on Fight Planet TV, October 19th. I'll be commenting with the big guy himself, the beautiful bearded bastard, the big dick bandit, Sean Murphy, for our second po- uh, second broadcast. Sean, how do you feel about commentating again, by the way? I can't wait. The first time, I think we did amazing. I know we did amazing, and uh, I just can't wait to get the ball rolling on the second one. I, we we have a we have an action packed day for us specifically, and I think the way we navigate that day is going to be an amazing thing to talk about on the podcast after that too, since we got a lot lined up that day. Yeah, we 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 have a shit ton planned. We have to come and take twenty fights. All right, so uh, we have to do there there. You know, hair and makeup starts at like 4 p.m., okay? So that's when the sound test, hair and makeup, all that fun stuff, everything goes down at 4 p.m. But Order Sister gives birth live October 19th. So literally at 7 a.m., my ass is in the hospital. And then your older sister has a birthday, so we have to ship up to um, – what the fuck is that place called? Um, what's it called? What is that, work? I have no idea. If, if you're from out of town, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I think it's well, Warwick. I think we have to go there. We'll we'll see. We'll have to look into it. But in any event, it's gonna be a it's gonna be quite a thrill to navigate uh navigate time that day. Why can't your fucking sister do Hoboken or like Jersey City or like you know, Pearl River? Because she sucks, but she's great. But she also sucks. But she's amazing. It's a it's 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 what anyone says about a, a, a sibling, you know. But between your your sister and her affinity for wine and my sister getting pregnant, I'm really sick of these white bitches. Just saying. Yeah, I'm done. Gonna, yeah, it's gonna, I am. 
We're going to have to sign the ships, man. I mean, we, we have a long day ahead of us. and Plus, we have to be wide awake and still standing and still vertical to commentate ECF on pay-per-view. So, and I don't know how we shall. We will. We will. And we'll blow the, know, we'll blow the barn doors off of it. I don't know, man. We got to do a good job. I Personally personally speaking, if you want my honest opinion and honest critique, because I've been commentating since 2017, I thought we sucked. I We we got shit-faced, and we talked okay. just like how we talked to Aunt Barbara. I don't know how we got invited back and hired again because literally <laughs> you, you look at me and Sean, and you hear us during the entire broadcast, and we just get more and more drunk. It was just like Aunt Barbara's, which is our aunt, that we go on Christmas Eve. We sneak yeah. away to the living room, take control of the remote, turn on fucking pay-per-view, yeah. and turn on TV, and turn on MMA, switch all the shit. And, like, it, it, it was exactly like Aunt Barbara's. And for some god-awful fucking reason, fans actually liked us, and we got invited back. Yeah. How the fuck that well, happened? You know, beyond me. I don't either, but this time, you know what we should do? We should definitely do, like, a I, – I don't know who started it last weekend, but we should definitely do a dance routine, you know, with uh, with three other people wearing, wearing like, like army garb, you know? They just they just come in, they do a dance, and then and then you show up, and boom – you're the main event, doing your dance, walking in to do commentary. Dude, I don't think I can fucking pull that off, man. I don't think I can. To, to be honest with you, I don't think no, I can. No, I, I only think I only think Israel could pull that off. I don't think anyone else on that roster could pull something off like that. Oh, by the way, wait, 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 time out, time out, and special shout out to uh, Sam Callahan, who's uh, my favorite, my new favorite individual on the planet, by the way. So she's listening. So thank you, Sam. <laughs> you are dude. We were we were literally watching Sunday football and Sean's just standing there fucking not talking and me and Sharon just bullshitting away and like just bullshitting about everything just like and, and Sean's just standing there like you know with his dick in his hand and you know eating wings and not even paying attention just zones out for like a good like three four hours so shout well out to that's Sharon. because I, I had such a good run of doing absolutely nothing on Sundays except watching football in the confines of my apartment on my 60-inch flat screen. So I had everything going, and then, boom, you had to show up on Sunday and say, hey, let's go out, bro. And I'm like, no, but you're like, I'll buy you wings. And I was like, shit, okay, I guess so. So, I mean, like, I got wings out of it, but, yes, I had a nice streak of just doing the casual Sundays, and uh, you, you had to break that for me. Speaking of streaks, how do you feel about the Giants losing once again, you pussies? <laughs> oh, God, the point spread. The point spread was 17 and a half. It just went down to 16 and a half, and yeah, I'm staying away from that. Yeah, they're gonna what? get destroyed. Oh. I, I listen, like, and Shannon, you know, God bless her heart, and you can tell she's a loyal girl. And for you guys listening, she's probably a loyal, a super loyal girl, considering she's a Jets fan. I think being a Jets fan is worse than I don't want to say uh, blanking yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sean? Oh my God! Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> so, anywho, being a Jets fan, I, I I have no words for anybody that's still a Jets fan because you guys, I'm fuck, I, I can't believe they lost once again. I, I can't believe, you know, I I don't know how you know Giants fans and Jets fans don't jump bandwagon. I, I have no idea why. Dude, the Jets are like basically, they're like Dana White looking for a fight. One of those fighters fighting you know, a John Jones or something. Like, they're that bad. You know, it's you, it's you can, comical what they put out for viewers to watch. It's, it's it's just horrid. 
Do you think if if the Jets lose a couple more games, do you think they're going to literally sell the franchise and be bumped down to like maybe a high school league? <laughs> no, you know who owns that franchise? The guy uh, Johnson and Johnson. They do the baby powder. Oh no, no kidding. Yeah, I think I think that's the Johnsons that own the franchise. Hmm. But no, they, well, they've been they've been notorious for basically not not uh, not throwing out money to get high profile talent, and they just like they just have been mediocre for so long. I mean, sometimes you're due for a change. They went through GMs, they went through coaches, and nothing stuck. Um, it all started with your buddy Bill Belichick becoming the coach mm. for them for about 23 seconds and then jumping ship uh, in the 90s. So, yeah, that's, I, that's I think, when it started. So you can thank Belichick think, for that. Well, I think all Jets fans should jump ship. Like, become a Patriots fan. You know, join us. Join the loving reins of being a Patriots fan. You know, it's warm, it's cozy. You know you're going to have a winning season every single season. You know, like, yep. besides the 90s, being a Patriots fan in the 90s yeah. is fucking miserable. I mean, you know what every team should do when they face the Jets, though? Every team, and just hear me out here, every team should, before the game, dress up in, like, army garb and do a dance, and then the head coach should come out, do the main dance, and then walk onto the field. I think they should do that every single time. We're not going to get over this entrance <laughs> from USC people. Too, are I'm never going to get over that dance. <laughs> The Brad, the behold that this guy has. I mean, I'm I'm so happy because do you remember what was it? That was Saturday, that fight. And I woke up. Do you remember we because you know we had a little fun on Friday. I woke up. I'm like, I go I go to my 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 sports betting app and I was like, what happened to to the money I I had? And then I look and I was like, oh my god, I just put mad money on Israel. Why did I do that? And I remember you told me to do it. And thank you for that. Shout out to you, by the way, because you did me justice well, there. Fuck yeah, man! I, I fell asleep too, so I I went uh, I went on a date. <laughs> so um, no, no, we got shit faced by like nine a.m. You know, I and I, I need to see my cousin this weekend. You know, I've been grumpy. I've been training. November sixteenth, by the way, I commit the first murder in Wellington history. I can't wait. You know, watch it on fight TV and also come to Wellington buy a ticket after party at Tommy Fox's. Ask for my tab. Timeout. So like, been grumpy, been cranky, you know, like having to do like all the uh, the work for Fight TV, having to train. I need to see my cousin this weekend. We Saturday got shit faced, got MC hammered, went to Tommy's, got a few drinks, told your friend to go fuck her face off, and then we went back to your house. Wait, no, first, and then I went to a, on a date, completely blasted. And yeah, God bless her heart. God bless her heart. She liked me. So like, I'm like, well, I'm gonna go back to my. <laughs> And she's like, well, I'll come with you. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a, the worst idea ever, but sweet. Like, and she, Well, besides the she fact came. that I did meet her once, though, and, and she is a cool chick, but but I'll, I'll just let you continue. She's a cool chick. That was great. I'm glad I was a part of it. Finish the story. I'm a charming cat with uh, my shit together. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Anywho, so, like, bring her back, and we go watch the fights, and for some odd reason, right before the main event, I pass out. Right on her shoulder. I missed the main event. I missed the main event. Meanwhile, I'm standing screaming at the TV, you know, like, let's go, Israel, let's go. Whitaker's done. And, uh, you know, it's it's me, 
a couple buddies of mine that came over that I'm not, I think you were sleeping for them. Uh, shout out to Dougie and Nelson, but uh, a couple buddies. And uh, then, yeah, she was just uh, sitting there with you perched on her shoulder like uh, like your little sleeping parrot on her shoulder. It was, uh, it was quite, quite adorable. I have an excuse, man. One, we've been drinking the entire day. Two, I had salmon. We, we went to this really fancy Polish place. She's Polish. I'm Polish. It just works like that. So, anywho. I have an excuse because literally we, we were like three glasses of champagne in and I, I, I felt it. Like after all that beer and champagne, I was yeah. I was done. So by the time we got to your house, I, I there was no there was no waking me. I was probably dead for like, you know, a couple hours. Yeah, I couldn't wait. Yeah, yeah, you were a t- you were a, a very, very heavy sleeper, I must say though. God it's, Anybody, it's tough to you, wake you, man. But here's the thing, though. Like, what's my schedule? I have the most demanding schedule on planet Earth. Yeah, Nobody can top my schedule but me. I'm training at 5 a.m. Well, first I'm running. Then I'm going to train, and I'm doing fucking sparring. And then I'm going to work. And then at lunchtime, I'm again training at the Planet Fitness right by, right by my office. Then I'm going to train again when I get home. And I'm repeating the same cycle, and I've been doing that. You know, for consistently since fucking May. So you, you have to cut me some slack here. When I'm exhausted, I'm I'm exhausted. The weekend, I'm you know I'm going out and hanging out with friends too. Like that was the most comfortable I felt, and I just passed out. Passed out. Passed yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had a good. Yeah, you. I must say, man. Yeah, you train hard. You work hard, and then uh, yeah, when uh, I saw you this weekend, we pounded the beers hard too. So that was fun. Yeah, yeah, we found out the beers are bit. But like, let's yeah, let's talk did. about the main event. You you won money on it and everything like that, and you actually saw it. I just passed out, but you can yeah, you can tell it's there, man. So, so so yeah, I mean, I like yeah, like everyone said. I mean, like this this guy. Uh, the one thing I love about him is there's this anime that I watched uh, a couple years ago called Death Note, and uh, it's basically the biggest sociopath in the world. He writes names in his little book, and uh, these people just die instantly. So he's a, he's a huge geek, so I'll bend there, I'll give you credit for that. But uh, the guy shows up at the choreographed dance, great dancer too, and just shows these, like, shows his confidence that, like, if he got knocked out, it would send ripples down the middleweight division. Everyone would be laughing at him. You know, all oh, this guy came in with a dance, and he got knocked out by Whitaker right away. But uh, he came in and he just looked fresh. He just everything. He 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 looked comfortable. He was in his element, and basically just completely controlled the rhythm of the whole fight. Uh, Whitaker came in. You know, he came in. He thought you know he had confidence. He thought he had it, but in the end, it was, Israel was no match. Uh, Whitaker was no match for him. They shouldn't even run it back again because if they run it back again, it's just going to be the same result. Yeah, but why waste anybody's time, too? Because Israel right now is in his his physical peak. You know, he's in his prime. He's long. He's lanky. And it's it's the John Jones syndrome. Like, you have Anderson Silva, who wrote the blueprint of how to – if you're rangy and you have a lot of wingspan and everything like that, and you have good timing and you have precision striking, you're you're running through everybody. And John Jones has run through everybody since, what, 2010. You know, so like, yeah. you know, it's Israel took that formula and put it on its ass and actually evolved, like started to evolve with that same formula. So like Israel, you know, unless somebody has the same wing, wingspan 
nobody's going to give him any problems whatsoever, especially uh, – and that's why I told you to bet on Israel because, one, you know, mm-hmm. I saw I saw the um, – you know what? It reminded me a lot of when John Jones fought – who was uh, Chuck Liddell's teammate? Um, and apparently it was going to be a tough match for John Jones, and John Jones was supposed to get knocked out, and I forget his fucking name. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? No, I don't. I don't off the top of my head, I, I'm not. How long ago was it, though? Was it was this recent, or? Um, I think we're talking about 2012, 2013, I would say. Because, I mean, his last fight, was it was the, you know, the Gustafsons. Uh, no, no, no. So, Gustafson is the same. Gustafson, so same same concept. So Gustafson, if he wasn't in the John Jones era, would be the same way John Jones is because again, long, reachy, like yep. a lot of wingspan, a, a good timing, precision striking, and everything like that. That's why Gustafson gave John Jones so many so much problems. You know, if, if you're long and lanky, you follow the Anderson Silva formula, you're going to fucking kill people. So like, yeah. and Israeli, it's just that guy to follow that formula. The last time he lost was in a kickboxing match where he got knocked out. And I think after that, he just started to evolve. Same way with Anderson Silva when he was in Pride and he got tapped out by a Japanese pro wrestler, uh, Dajiro Takase. I remember that fight. It was from uh, Pride in 2003. But after that, wow. he started training with Muay Thai. Yeah, man. He, he left Shootbox, yep. Shootabox, went to Muay Thai Dream Team, then started training in uh, his own gym, his own little setup, and became the most dominant fighter in the world, the Michael Jordan of all MMA. Same concept, and I, I'm I'm going way off topic. And nevertheless, no one was going to touch Israeli that night. Nobody. Yeah, and now this begs the question: It's like Israel wants to do. You know, you, you want to give Paul Acosta that shot. You know, he's, you know, you know, good good looking. You know, strong, bulky. But on the other on the other side of the spectrum, on the other hand, you know, how many paper how many pay per view buys is that super fight? Is that Jones Adesanya fight? Um, it's it's gonna be a tough call, you know. Israel wants to cost the fight. Dana White probably doesn't want to cost the fight. He wants to, you know, capitalize on this right away. Wait for Jones to win his fight, and then boom, book it right away. Right, right. And but I, I see Israeli being too small for John Jones. So the only the only fight that makes logical sense is anybody that's in you know Israeli's weight class. I mean, why? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I don't even know why. I don't even know why it's in the same discussion or the same breath of discussing Israeli versus John Jones. I mean, yeah, but crazier things have happened in this sport. You know that. I mean, like, what's the only thing that's going to give John Jones fits? You know, it's somebody that's the only person that ever gave him a fit was Gustafsson, but that's because his reach was not as adequate or close to John Jones, but close enough. And then you get this other guy that's long and, and lanky, you know, might be the you know what what would give Jones fits you know and styles make fights you know that over, right away you know that's that's a good style fight. Mm, yeah, but maybe John Jones bumping up to heavyweight fight Stipe maybe his last yeah. go around you know maybe I don't, yeah, I don't think I don't, necessarily anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think we're gonna see that fight. It's it, it's it, it, you know it's a smoke and mirrors. It's a pipe dream, but uh. It would be fun to watch. Yeah, but uh, it, it, no fight, no fight makes sense, and nothing, nothing makes much sense besides John Jones actually bumping up the heavyweight and fighting yeah. in the heavyweight division. Because mm-hmm. who is the same concept as I keep going around? He has the Anderson Silva formula, and he has the Anderson Silva build. 
The only reason Anderson got caught and, you know, lost to Wyman twice and then lost his, his mojo and lost the glow, the only reason why is because he fought Wyman, got super cocky, and then the second yep. time he threw an ill-fated kick. Wyman checked that kick and checked it perfectly, and then Anderson Silva broke his, uh, broke his shin. Everything. So, and then Anderson yeah, and then Anderson Silva, of course, he has the fastest recovery time because he's on the juice. And then after that, Anderson Silva was like Anderson Silva lost that mojo, but he also lost time. And time is undefeated. So like yep. John Jones, and then also John you Jones, saw that got ramped up. So yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot of these fighters too had to adapt to that. And I guarantee. And I, I met John Jones. I've had a good forty-minute conversation with him, and we bonded over the fact that. He wrestled for New York. I, I wrestled in New Jersey. I have his picture framed on my wall. I love John Jones. Great mm-hmm. guy. He recorded me on my podcast. You know, I was very conflicted when they fly. But John Jones definitely was dabbling during a time where you can get away with it. Which is not necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily good either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, not see there, but uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It was, it was uh, the Wild Wild West before you saw the camp. Um, you can, there's a lot of ways to, uh, you know, Mash stuff, and there still is, but it's a lot more trickier. But other than that, um, yeah, John Jones, I mean, he's a wrestler, and plus, he's fun to watch. Um, Cormier, you know, no need to see that fight again. We saw what twice was it? Yeah, there's no need for a third. Uh, the Cormier Steve fight, I'm very interested in because that second fight was once again a barn burner, too. Steve came out in the fourth round with the perfect strategy, loved it, you know, left to the body. And uh, just couldn't uh, – Cormier couldn't uh, get the finish. And that was a great fight. Right. So that's another fight I want to watch. Jones is I, the I only don't thing I could... No, you don't? No. No, I don't want to see Cormier versus Jones again. I want to see Stipe versus Cormier 3. And then – Yeah, that's what, right I, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I want to watch. Right, right. I don't want to see – I want to see John Jones bumping up the heavyweight. And I want to see him like super yeah. You know what they should do? And I'll tell you what's a good idea. Let's just have a steroid division in UFC. Just bulked up. Yeah, guys. why not, man? Yeah, throw him like Brock Lesnar, throw him in there. John Jones, throw him in there. TJ Dillashaw, throw him in there. <laughs> Bob Sapp, fuck it. Let's just juice up Bob Sapp again and like, get him on the Roys again and like yeah. give him some Remember, You can put TJ Dillashaw on platform shoes juice to the gills and see if he can body kick Lesnar. I would like to see that. <laughs> Why not? Why can't we make that happen? Make a call to Dana. Like, Yo, Dana, this is what needs to happen. You motor boat and then that's the last time you'll talk to Dana. <laughs> Holy shit, man. They should have a steroid division. Just like yeah, I, I, in Pride, that was that was Pride though. That was they were all on steroids. Fucking Andrew. Oh yeah. Vandaly um, uh, Silva. Look at Vandaly Silva, and then look at him when he got to the UFC. Vandaly. Oh Silva yeah, completely different. Killer. A fucking killer. When you saw Anderson. Yeah. Uh, a killer with the best promo of all time, by the way, though. I want to fuck Chuck. Yeah, that's the best promo of all time. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. Best promo of all time. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Without question. Because he tried, Without he question. tried, he, he tried checking his promo. He's like, I want to fuck, fuck, Chuck, fight Chuck. You know, fuck, fight. He checked his promo. It was amazing. Fuck, Chuck. And he, then he tries to correct himself. He's like, fuck, Chuck. 
<laughs> yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> but that, Dude, it that's great. like, speaking of that, though, that's why everyone got on fucking, uh, what was it, Ben Askren's case, uh, was that yesterday. He made a he made a tweet saying, you know, congratulations to Israel. And he says, you know, good fighter, speaks well. And everyone, you know, since it's 2019 and you can't say shit anymore, everyone's like, well, you mean speaks well, this and that. And he's like, I mean speaks well. I don't care what color he is. He just... He's a good talker. That's what I meant. Everyone got in his case because they, you know, 2019 and everyone is uh, butthurt about something, you know. But uh, that's like that's like Vanderlei Silva. You know, he couldn't speak well. Imagine he was the champion for like four years, five years, and you had to hear his constant voice the whole time. It would have been it would have been like nails on a chalkboard. Dude, but I loved I loved Vanderlei Silva. So so here's my theory. The act mother, I guess, the greatest nickname in in sports too. Yeah, but this is why Pride was dominant over the UFC for so long because the concept of the UFC, and if you, I, I actually know uh, Mr. Davis, uh, Art Davis, who is the original founder of the UFC, and him and I had a good conversation. He actually denied me coming on the podcast twice because for for some some odd reason that he has like uh, like there are questions I, I you know he can't do podcasts. I don't I don't want to go into it. I don't want to go into his business. Nevertheless, yeah. So we talked. And the original concept of the UFC and how they came up with this idea was based on Mortal Kombat. You know, the whole face-off, the whole – all that shit, based on Mortal Kombat. And it makes sense, too. Look mm-hmm. at the select screen of Mortal Kombat. It, you know, it looks like a face-off. And then look at fucking but, – but I think that's why Pride was so popular. You had soccer kicks, people all on steroids, the chance of a fatality when you saw a Vendelay Silver fight, period. I think that's why Pride was mm-hmm. so fucking dominant. Yeah, he was he was one of the he was one of the first people I watched in Pride too. Was it was him? Uh, since since I, I got into it late, obviously it was him and uh, Rampage were the first two uh, I truly got into as you know watching watching MMA and uh, you know Rampage coming in with you know the chain around his neck. I loved it. Uh, and then Vanderlei was just was was a killer, you know. And then you saw it killed everything. You saw it ruined everything. Yeah, they just had to ruin everyone's freaking fun, man. You know, it because it's yeah. 2019, everything has to be PC. Yeah. Everybody, everyone's sensitive. Everybody's offended by something. <laughs> you know, everybody. It, it's no fun. It's no fun being in 2019 right now. It's no fun. Yeah, we got to go back to a time. We got to go back to the Pride days. We got to. Go back to 2002. We gotta, we gotta make a we gotta make a hashtag for that because now everything's all about hashtags in 2019 and being PC. Uh, we gotta go back, you know, Pride, pride Days with 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 a bunch of Z's at the end. Right when Queen was number one on the the hit charts with Right There. Remember that? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That that, song, that's right? a that's a that's a song name drop. Dude, that was a banger back in the day. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you and your boys are running, we're rolling down the mean streets of Emerson listening to Chingy. Oh yeah, we're dude, we're <laughs> running down the mean streets. I grew up in the uh, the rich white suburbs of uh, Emerson, New Jersey, and, and Bergenfield's not that much different, motherfucker. So let's not. No, let's not it's not. Anything. It's not. Emerson's a little yeah. nicer, but but Bergenfield, I mean, like what what's what's a little nicer compared, you know, to to. To the mean suburbs of northern New Jersey, you know. Mm. Burger King, 
Uh, Burger Field had one thing, and that was Burger King. That was it. Where all the gangsters hung out, quote unquote. Oh gangsters. yeah, and all the viewers. I'm gonna give a speech since I said Mean Streets, Chael Sonnen. I would li- I literally listened to his YouTube thing at work today, and there was a story about Dominic Cruz, and how they were in Australia. There were small portions, and they went to Burger King to get food. That's all. I'll leave it at. If you want to watch it, watch it on his his thing. The story is absolutely fantastic. And Dave, if you haven't heard it either, it's like a four minute it's like a four minute YouTube clip. Listen to it. It's hilarious. What what has Chael Sun been up to? Is he really retired? Did you hear anything about yeah, that? Yeah, he's reti- he, dude, he's been pushing out content like no other. This guy pushes out like three videos a day. He he was the original trash talker. And when Chael oh, Sun yeah. you know what? When Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Chael Sun came on I think Conor McGregor took it to another level, and I think, yeah. um, you know, people have always been uh, been glued to Irish fighters. Chael Sonnen had something a little bit different. He was articulate, intelligent, yeah. and he can trash him with the best of them. So, like, and I think I, I'm contradicting myself because I liked Chael Sonnen, but I fucking I, – I did not like Conor McGregor. I thought there, were, there was a contrast in, in two different types of trash talking. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I think I – think, Chelsea will always go down as one of the best trash talkers of all time. Oh yeah, because because it was different. He wasn't a he was more articulate. Uh, he wasn't as forceful with it. You know, it was just his trash talking was really smooth. You know, like like the Tito Jenna Jameson line at at, a, at that Bellator press conference. It was just really mm. smooth, and you just saw the reaction of Tito Ortiz, and he, and he had nothing. You know. And then and then she was like, they don't call me the bad guy for no reason. I mean, it, it, it's that, it, it, it's smooth, I should say. That that was a that was a pretty bad comment. That was a pretty fucking bad comment. <laughs> that was an amazing comment. The Jenna Jameson line. Yeah. That's probably one of the best he's ever done. That and how he uh, how he went on for years saying Minotaur fed a carrot to a bus. You know. He he worked that he worked that comment for over five years. He went on different people's shows and was like, "No, that's true. I saw that." And you gotta you gotta love that type of stuff. Chelsea will will go down to history as one of the most entertaining fighters of all time. And, and oh, and it, speaking it, of it, he, yeah, he could be in that division too with Brock Lesnar, T.J. Dillashaw, you know, Vanderlei. He's in that division. Oh yeah, just Roy to the fucking guild. I I, I really yeah, Roy to the guild division. How do you get about him? I want people to stop being so sensitive. Let the fighters do what they want. I, I want them at their their physical peak. Okay, so obviously, you know, no one's gonna do it from weightlifting. Well, obviously, I am. Like, I get drug tested three times three times a year, so I can't go on stage. Yeah. However, however. I want them to actually allow. I, I couldn't do steroids anyway, you know, with needles and shit. Always, always gives me the willies. But no. nevertheless, I want to see you say, "All right, guys, you know, you have all of these cheaters. You know, your balls are really sh- small. That's how you qualify too. Your, your balls have to be really, really small." And they say, "Okay, is your balls one centimeter? Perfect. Come into the division, and it'll be just a steroid division. Just all these fucking cheaters." And they all have to just duke it out, like one day tournament, fight to the death, you know, BMF title on the line. This is what I want. Yeah. This is the future. The future. Speaking of that title, what's your speaking of that, you know, quote unquote, quote unquote title? 
What's your take on that? Like, I, I, I don't understand them. I get the marketing behind it, but they could have, they didn't need that. They could have just sold the fight. Like now it's, now it's, you know, putting a bad BMF title. I think it's a little cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely fucking cheesy. And I was actually on a podcast, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago where they asked me, they're like, how do you feel about the uh, BMF title? I'm like, I'll tell you what I feel about it. I feel it's fucking the worst idea ever. And it's I so stupid. Yeah. They could have just sold the fight to two bad motherfuckers fighting. They didn't have to put the the word title with it. It makes no sense because there there is no title. There's no title unless to to say this, you can say, you know what, we're changing this to the 165 pound title, and then you just make a new division. This is how you say face. Right, exactly. But then their their argument, they look at me like I literally just whipped my dick out on camera, and they look at me like, huh? Why would you say that? Like, why would you think that? Um, and they're like, it's it's entertainment. MMA is supposed to be entertainment. I'm like, no, bitch. Netflix is entertainment. This is an actual sport. So are we going to treat it like a sport, or are we going to treat it like The Office on Netflix? Like, you know, like, yeah. what's your brand? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, now now, now, my, now, what worries me, too, and this this will really take it to a whole other cheesiness level, if they actually do make a title with the three letters BMF on it for one of them, I think that'll really take it to, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, you stray, you're trying to stray too close to the entertainment factor of it, you know, because, you know, WWE does all right and their entertainment, but when you try and stray too far to that side of the spectrum, it takes away from what's actually a sport, and that's what MMA is. It's actually a sport, and you're trying to make all these, you know, entertainment qualities about it. Just let the fighters fight. The fight sold itself. You had Masvidal Diaz. It was selling itself. You didn't have to do anything. All you had to do was put the fighters together, a couple of press conferences, and let that take off. Let them, let them do it themselves. Instead, you had to bring this BMS nonsense into the picture, and now people are making fun of it, and, you know, serves them right. I'm a marketing guy. You know, I built up the entire marketing of the company I work at now. You know, I'm head of operations. And the first question I ask is, what is our brand? What the fuck is our brand? Like, what, what, what is our brand? Who are, who's our target demographic? If yep. your target demographic is people that watch casual sports, NFL, NHL, soccer, etc., obviously you're not going to have silliness. You're going to have a serious program with serious content to prove and sell that this is a serious sport. Okay. You know, like, so when you have a BMF title, which, you know, they, they could have went a different direction. They could have had a super fight title, which has worked in the past. You know, you had Ken Shamrock yes. fighting Don Fryden, Ken Shamrock fighting Dan Severn. You could have had a super fight title or a one-night title, which essentially is what UFC titles are, the one-night championship. No one's going to hold it forever. You know, they, there's no rankings. So whoever is going to make the most money, they're going to book anyway. So, yep. you know, make a super fight title. Make it a call a super fight. But when you say DMF, you're, you're aiming and you're tailor-making your content for the lowest common denominator. Like you're going to have all these fuck, you're going to have all these people, the lowest common denominator. saying, Oh, BMF, that motherfucker. Oh, great. Son. Like, no, it, it, it it's stupid. It's just flat out yeah. stupid. Like, you have, you, and I smell desperation too. You know why? Because the parent company that owns this motherfucker owes still $4 billion. So I just see. Yeah. WRME. So, 
I really think WMA thought they were going to do a lot better. Um, but then they have to realize, why do you think Fertitta's jump ship? I mean, like, yeah, they own the Houston Rockets and they own a bunch of Vegas. But they jumped ship for a reason, man. Four billion, you know, they, they the writing was on the wall. And they were just like, oh, four billion, yeah, let's get it. Um, you got to get it for Tita's credit. But, yeah, now, now ever since they left, it's just – there's something missing within the UFC that, you know, that when the Fertitas were there, that was there compared to, you know, WME now. Um, I don't know. Something's missing with uh, that company. It's the same fucking reason I've been saying since I was a kid. If your gym that you go to, for example, if you go to an MMA gym and it's owned by a non-MMA fighter who got into business because he sought to make money, you're not going to an MMA gym. You're going to a fan club. Period. I would never go to a gym that wasn't owned and operated by an MMA fighter because he understands the sport. He understands the classes to move. He understands, you know, the, the coaches to get. He understands the business aspect to bring in not just casual people, but also MMA people, which is going to be your target demographic. Knowing yeah. your brand. So see, I, agree, I agree and disagree at the same time, though, because we're seeing, we're seeing what you're talking about. We're seeing that can actually work with AEW. You know, the cons weren't in the wrestling business, but now they are with AEW, you know. But, yeah, they put the right people on their uh, – on, like, you know, the, the hierarchy of the right people. You have, you know, Cody Rhodes. You have, you know, Je- you know you have Jim Ross. You have uh, Tony Schiavone coming in. But he wasn't a wrestler, you know. But, yeah, it's he's still – yeah, go ahead. It's a, it's a little bit different considering Tony Khan has been a fan – since he was 10 years old. And his dad used to yeah, bring him to okay. ECW events. Yeah. So he loves, he loves the sport. And not just that, he said, okay, there's a lot of shit I don't know. He's like the, he's like the only exception to the rule, which we'll talk about AEW later. But he's the only exception to the rule because he also surrounded himself with executive producers that were pro wrestlers. So all of his yeah. board members are pro wrestlers. WMG, who are their board members? Non-MMA fans. People that own fucking music licensing and, like, movies and all this other shit, not MMA fans. They saw a hot brand. You know, Fertitas are like, oh, these guys are interested. Okay, let's, let's over-evaluate our company and the company's worth, and let's just cash out. Let's just see what we can get from these losers. And sign our yeah. suckers, and now, now WMG has inquired a debt, and they don't know what to do with it. And, like, fucking Conor McGregor, his brand is shot after he lost to Mayweather, then lost to fucking Khabib. His brand is shot. So they jumped over dollars for dimes, and they just wanted the quickest payday, and that's why they booked that fucking fight. It was retarded. It was a dumb, dumb decision. WMG no. is making dumb fucking decisions. BMF title? Get the fuck out of here with BMF title. Period. Yeah, that's stupid. I still can't go over the fact that they did that. It's, and, and it stinks because I got, I, I'm a lifelong Mads Doll Diaz fan, and now it's just like, oh, they're making it look so lame. And those aren't lame guys, man. They're, they're OGs, but they're making them look so lame. It's pretty fucking lame. It's it's pretty fucking lame, if you ask me. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. I, I think that's why. Um, yeah, I, I love I I love the fact that you and I are commentating on ECF and everything like that because Christian, who runs it, who's a good friend of mine, and you know he, he shout out to Christian and ECF October nineteenth. Come by Laboom. Come by the after party. I'll buy you a drink. But anyway. So ECF understands their brand, and they want to bring, you know, Muay Thai, MMA, kickboxing. They want to bring uh, jiu-jitsu. They want to bring all this stuff. 
they know their audience and they know, you know, how to attract a casual viewer. You know, they don't, and also the, the core demographic of MMA fans, like, and they bring us in, which you know, you and I are both going to talk education of MMA. And mm-hmm. we're both also, and this is why people like this so much is because we're not only talking intelligent MMA and breaking down things, but we're also shit faced and talking on their level, just like you would talk to your friends at the bar. That's why we're so yeah. fucking popular on commentators. Period. And that's how I summed it up when they invited us back, both of us at the same time. So they understand their brand. They know exactly who they're trying to bring in because, again, they're not the UFC. The UFC is different. They're under the confines of a publicly traded company. What the fuck are you doing that you're going to do a BMF title? A B- like, what? What are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Honestly. But now that they're so deep into it, like – now I'm just curious, like, is, is there a prop bet in Vegas if there's actually a belt for this? Are they actually going to give somebody a belt? What's the belt going to look like? And then when that whoever wins that fight, is Dana White, like, going to strap this belt on? What's going to be in the back of his head? Like, first off, how is he behind this, first off? Like, is he going to really, like, if Diaz wins the fight and there is a belt, like, they strap the belt and then Diaz – you know, Diaz does his, you know, his bicep curls, and then, and then you just look at that, and it's just, it's just a corny, corny photo op. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do when I see that fucking BMF title, and it looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin's belt in 1998. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm going to ride around a, on a metal duck like Batman Returns, kidnap everyone's firstborn child, and I'm gonna burn a village to a ground. I am going to be fucking furious if they. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god! I can't even think about it. It's disgusting me. Mm. It's disgusting me, bro. It's, it's yeah, this is a very, very stupid situation that they put themselves in. Holy shit! I'm getting. Well, we'll just see how it plays out. I don't want to see how it plays out. Actually, I, I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Fuck that! Unfucking believable. But speaking of AEW, so TNT has a wrestling program on for the first time since 2001, and the first time since 1998, a TNT broadcast beats WWE. Holy shit. Yes, and Ted Turner is so happy now. I didn't see tonight, but evidently uh, a couple good things happened tonight on the AEW that I, I'm looking forward to watching tomorrow, since I, I usually watch it the day after. Um but yeah, there's a couple on. good things that happened. Like Pac, Pac had a good fight, um, and then uh, just I think they, I think they still have uh, the Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Jack Hager, who used to be Jack Swagger, and I think a couple other people joined Jericho's uh, new faction now. So like Jericho has his own faction, and basically it's like the it's like the Wild West over there too, except except it's not chaos and disorder like you have all these wrestlers that know what they're doing have been in the business for 20 years actually being able to be creative with their own storylines um and i heard there was a huge upset in the tag team division which i am very very pleased about because it makes me feel like these guys are there for the company and they're not just there because they're the they're the executive producers and they can win when they want um so, so yeah, a lot of good things happened that show tonight. So I gotta show you, I gotta show you a picture, or a couple pictures actually. But in that picture, 
It's me, Angel Ortiz, Santana, and we're planning the first pro wrestling show of 2KW 2014. So I, I go way back with Angel Ortiz, way, way back. We wrestled on a bunch of shows together probably since 2009. So as soon as I saw him on television, I texted Angel, and I'm like, holy shit, you're on TV. He didn't get back to me two days later until two days later. But, like, to see the guys that have worked so hard finally make it, and you actually know them personally, and they're in the main event with fucking Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and, like, Chris Jericho. Like, it brought, like, a tear to my eye. And, no, no, yeah. you know, I don't mean to get sentimental or anything like that because, you know, I'm definitely not like that anymore. But, like, you know, to, to actually see that, it was just like, holy shit, AW is focusing on what the indie – the, 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 the wrestling fan wants, which is this good wrestling. WWE takes all these guys, cherry pick, and that's it. And they don't notice these great talents, and that's why they lost. That's why they lost the first the first round of the, the Reigns War. Yeah, it's, it's basically like it, it's the indie guys that are now stepping up to the plate and they're joining a, an actual programming instead of like Instead of just like you know what an indie show is, you know, you know, a, a Colin, a Colin Hall, or a, or a, you know, an Elks Lodge. Have you ever been to any indie shows? And they're great. You know, you can see so much good talent there. You know, one of my best friends does that now. But um, okay, but all this talent, you know, you're gonna see if they can step up to the plate. And so far, you know, Jimmy Havoc, uh, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, you know, MJF, all these people are showing their worth and these are people that have gotten overlooked in the past by a WWE creative, which is basically like the WMG of the WWE of the wrestling, you know, industry. It's, it's unbelievable. All the talent that got passed up, you look at AEW's talent now and it's tenfold better than anything, you know, WWE putting out. Cause AEW doesn't know. They, I mean, WWE forgot they forgot what their brand is. So their brand is now an entertainment brand, not a wrestling fan. Wrestling fans want fucking wrestling. They want a wrestling brand because they're wrestling fans. So, and wrestling fans dominate more than casual viewers do. Casual viewers come out of the woodwork once every year for WrestleMania because you, 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 you stack the deck with celebrities and all this fun stuff, and that's when the casual viewers come out. So the WWE is trying to become an entertainment brand, or they already are an entertainment brand. And they have let they have left wrestling fans on the wayside. Uh, not maybe not anymore, but we'll get to that later. But like, you you have AEW, which is a wrestling brand, knows their audience, knows their brand, and they are tailor making it for wrestling fans. That's why yeah. AEW fucking won, and that's why they'll continue to win. I don't see WWE <laughs> catching up at all. No, I, I, I don't think unless they change their tone. But I, if you saw what happened last weekend. Um, they had such a good character in Bray Wyatt, and then they made this other character, you know, he's called The Fiend now, which is a great character, too. You know, he's a huge sociopath. But then he comes into the main event for Hell in a Cell. They keep the lights off, and they make it just a red light on, on, the, on, the, on the mat, on the ring. And they did this once when he faced Randy Orton, and it just looks corny. It's just corny. And then they have him no-sell. Seth Rollins finisher like fifteen times. It just yeah. you're basically you're basically destroying your champion. You know now now your champion finisher is moot. You know 
15, 15, cur- 15 stomps, because you can't say curb stomps anymore, 15 stomps, and uh, it did nothing. You know, it just makes absolutely no sense. Horrible booking. Um, what? It, it, Why it's something we're wait, used wait, wait, to wait. by now, though. Time out. Why can't people say curb stomp? Well, what's wrong with curb stomp? It's not, because it's not PC. It's 2019. Now, it's um, he, what happened was he started doing that move uh, a couple years ago, and then he had to stop doing it because it wasn't politically correct. And then he took Triple H's finisher, the pedigree, and then they brought it back, but it's not called the curb stomp anymore. It's called the stomp, which is kind of corny too, but, it's, but you know, everything's PC these days. I'm really getting sick of white people coming, just saying. Listen, like, I I miss the good old days of pro wrestling. Even back in, like, 2000, let's, let's just go back to 2011 when CM Punk would literally go up to the crowd and say, uh, your mother's vagina, you have a vagina. Like, how great was that? Fucking Bradshaw doing the Nazi the Nazi dance, like, with, like, in Germany. How great was that? I mean, come on. It, it, yeah, it, it is. But it is. There's, there's two sides of the coin, you know. It's it, it, it's a rock and a hard place. Like some stuff, I I understand they can't do, but like, but like how how they have to change names. It's like it's like back in the day when Harlem Heat was doing a promo and Booker T said <laughs> Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. Like like, and then he had to check himself, but it really wasn't a big deal because it was then. If that happened now, if let's say. What are they called? Uh, the the Profit Boys or whatever they're called, or Private Party. If they said that now, I mean, it would just create a it would create a backlash that wasn't there in the nineties or the eighties. It's now it's just there's just too much going on now. Everyone is so sensitive. Everyone is so butthurt about everything. You gotta watch what you say. And you know why I say that? Fuck that. Let's use this as an example. Do you know how many times I have fought in front of, like, a lot of people, and how many people have screamed, kill yourself, go fuck your mother, fuck you? I think that's why I'm so comfortable, you know, in that type of environment. Oh, my God. If crowds say it now, you'll get ejected. If people say it now, people get sad and make Facebook statuses and boo-hoo-hoo. Like, dude, like, get some fucking thick skin, bro. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. but here's the thing, too. Also, it's, it, it goes both ways because you have all these fans who are on Twitter and Instagram, and, you know, they're harassing celebrities on the daily. You know, like my Dream Elite YouTube. I, I get a lot of good comments, but I also get comments, oh, your video fucking sucks. Your video sucks balls. As soon as I respond back, hey, bro, I fucked your mother. One more comment, and I'm literally become your stepfather. Oh, my God, I'm going to report <laughs> your – that's why I said I one guy. I swear to God on YouTube, and I don't really answer comments or anything like that. I don't really give a shit. Whatever, you know. Comment to your heart goes off. But that that's what people are. You know, they they are negative over the internet. They want to talk behind people's backs and everything. But as soon as you confront a motherfucker, oh my God, you know, shit's going down. Yeah. And but I swear to God, someone left a comment on one of my videos. It was like, um, I gotta show you the comment. And then I said. Uh, one more comment like that, I'm going to become your stepfather. Get out of your mom's basement. And I said something like that. The guy's like, I'm going to report your business. There's a better business, bro. I'm like, go right ahead, bitch. And I messaged him. I kept messaging him. I'm like, did you report me yet? Did you report me yet? Like, But that's the thing. We're so sensitive, but as soon as you fight fire with fire, 
That's when people get all butt hurt. That's when you start smelling vaginas from a mile away. Calm down, you know, like just live a little, you know, get some thick skin, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think everyone in 2019 is allergic to parties. That is that is my like you can tell you can insult me all you want, you know. Dave, Dave Richards literally went on a rant for, and that's our mutual friend by the way, and my new friend because I love him. But how yeah. much he went on a rant for an hour? How much my boxing sucked, even though I was doing <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Slip punches, which I'm slipping. The like, no motherfucker, he would punch it in the face, and like, dude, like get some fucking thick skin, bro. Like, people need to like you know just live a little, you know, like just get some thick skin, you know, like why is everyone so offended in 2019? Why yeah. can't it's like, like like I like I said a comment. I forgot who I was talking to because I watched the show Letter Kenny and some of the things they say. You know, some some things Canadians do are hilarious. By the way. So they they're like, yo, you want a drink tonight? I'm like, yeah, the the, the duck with a boner drag weeds, and they're like, wait, why would you say that? I'm like, because I find it hilarious. Think about it. Does the duck with a boner drag weeds? Of course it does. So of course I want to drink that day, and that's you know I, I had to explain it to them, and it was kind of kind of stupid the fact that I had to explain stuff like this to people when it's pretty much common sense. Of course a duck with a boner would drag weeds because it's Low to the ground, which means yes. The answer is yes. I do want to drink that day. But now I'm staying away from the topic. AEW, thank God for AEW, because in an age of political correctness, I have a feeling that they're about to change the norm in the industry that we grew up loving, and I'm very excited for that fact. I think think AEW and everybody should just change the norm and go back to when things were cool between 2001 to 2000, what? When, when, did, you, when did you feel the PC, the, the, the PC like, clock was turning and everyone was getting offended by everything? What, what do you, when do you think that happened? I, I, think it was like, I think it was like 2001, 2002. Um, everybody had to start watching what they were doing. Um, right when I, cause I got into high school, what, thir- I was 12, 13. Yeah, around then, I would say, because I couldn't say the stuff I wanted to say. And I used to get in trouble for it and get detention. And, yeah, I think I think it was around that age uh, when all the wars started happening and all that. Yeah. I blame, I blame Bin Laden for all this. <laughs> fuck you, Bin Laden. I don't, I don't yeah, think – I, I don't think it was really bad in 2002, 2003. I don't, I don't think it was really that bad. I think it got really bad when Trump got into office, because that's when everyone got sensitive. Everybody got sensitive. I can agree with that, too. Right. I think everyone yeah, got, got a lot worse. I, was, I got super sensitive for a while, too, and then I realized, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, I think people got sensitive when Trump went to office. I think everyone was easily offended, because everyone was on guard with each other. Everyone's, like, defensive and everything like that. People were watching TV like, oh, shit, I just saw something that offends me. Like, you know, like, I think around when Trump went to office, I think when people started to really uh, start getting offended by everything. Yeah, and then it's, so, it's, it's only going to get more PC from here. And see, that's a, a, another show, a mutual show we love, too, you know, because, you know, we're around the same age, South Park, how they have um how they have PC principal, a guy that comes in and 
tells everybody, oh, yeah, you can't do this, you can't do that. Ironically, he's pretty much my favorite character on that show. He's the best character ever. Yep. Gotta have integrity. Um, but yeah, thank God for AEW. I can't wait to watch that tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'm super, I'm super excited. And I hope my buddy Jay George, the unpredictable, uh, he has a match coming up too. I'll let you know next time. Um, but yeah, we have to go to that. Oh yeah. I gotta, I gotta literally jump in the ring and call him out. That reminds me. You, that's what I'm here for, Davy. I, I, dude, that's the money fight. That is the money fight. That is like the Bergen County money fight. Me versus Jay George. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, that is because because it, it, it's actually because we had the two best wrestling programs too. Um, not the two best in Bergen County, but we were always top top five, top ten. Emerson, Park Ridge, Bergenfield. So you know you got you know you got Bergen County wrestler versus an Emerson wrestler. Square, uh, squaring up in the squared circle. It's uh, it, it'd be fun to watch. Wait, did Jay George did Jay George wrestle in high school? Jay George did wrestle in high school. No shit. How do you do? He was alright. He got kicked off the team for making fun of somebody because they lost to a girl. So, um, yeah, CPC <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the kid, the kid lost. Yeah, the kid lost to a girl. So Jay George is like. Yo, don't worry. You'll be you you'll be fine. You just can't wrestle any more girls. And he told the coach, and the coach kicked Jay George off the team. You know, and, and that's not fair. You know, it it wasn't a bad joke. Like it was just like, yeah, don't worry. You know, you'll be fine one day. You just can't wrestle any more girls. Like that's funny. <laughs> it's funny. You know. And it wasn't that the kid lost to a girl. He got pinned in the first period by this girl. So. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you know, the age of the the age of PC man. But uh, our one oh three pounder was a girl for, for for two years of my wrestling career. Our one three pounder was a girl, and she, and she did well. She had like you know ten eleven wins a year. You know, she did her job. She was good. Bro, I'm fucking crying right now. Yeah, and uh, next time, you, next time you see the um, next time you see the unpredictable, or uh, that's he has a new nickname. He goes by Thunderheart, I believe now. Next time you see Thunderheart, uh, yeah, ask him about that. It's pretty funny. I, I I very much will, and I wish I was working a program with him. I so pro wrestling gets really real when you're wrestling somebody that you dislike, and you know you dislike them because all shit comes up when you when you are booked a program. I don't know how this guy, you know, why we agreed to this if it, it's going to end up like this. But, like, I'm literally training for an MMA fight. And I think that's what it's going to turn into. And this kid is going to get murdered. Yeah. Just saying. And all this, dude, I wish I was working a program in Jade Work in hindsight. Just saying. Yeah, one day. I mean, one day I think you will. I mean, like, I think that day is going to come soon, too. By the way, we forgot to give a shout out to, um, since we're on the topic. Uh, Mr. Lychee and Steel, happy birthday. Happy birthday, to, brother. To the, one, to the one and only Eddie Guerrero. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, he would have been, been 52 today. And if he had, and you know what's funny, too? He might have been able to be in that division at the UFC if he ever wanted to go into MMA. He would have been in that division, too. With Brock Lesnar, a platformed TJ Dillashaw, 
Uh, it's Chael Sonnen, Vandalay, you know. Eddie Guerrero would have been there. Yeah, Owen Hart uh, would have been in the fallway division. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> uh, man. JK, oh, Owen Hart was my yeah, favorite. Yeah, gone, gone too soon. Gone too yeah, soon. Yeah, he always, everyone always forgets this, though. He botched a move so bad, he almost killed Stone Cold. So, let's, let's not forget Owen Hart almost destroyed the career of the best wrestler of all time, you know. One botched move, one botched move could do it for anyone. You know what, though? Um, shit. You know, uh, Owen Hart, by far one of the most underrated wrestlers oh, 100%. of all time. 100%. Gone way, too, gone way too soon, way before he reached his potential. Fucking bullshit. That, that entire thing. That entire situation was bullshit. When yeah, Hart, that is. Hart. Very unfortunate, man. Very unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, if you remember his program, he, uh, Broke Stone Cold's neck, and then Stone Cold came back and beat beat Owen Hart. Was gunning for Owen Hart when he was part of the foundation, or was it the foundation? I'm not sure. But in any event, yeah, he was he was gone too soon. Eddie was gone too soon. Even Ben Wall was gone too soon, man. Ben Wall was one of my favorites. Every and, and see, they don't even mention him anymore because of. I mean, like, yeah, he went off the rails, but why did he go off the rails? You know, he was so jacked up on all this pills and droids and stuff. He went off the rails, and he was possibly one of the best in-ring performers of our generation. Amen on that. Time out, by the way. Happy birthday to Megan. Is Megan coming on our podcast? I thought she was going to call in. What's going on? What? Oh, snap. (laughs) Was I supposed to text? Yeah, tell Megan she can. Yeah, I completely did not see this. Whoops. We'll have to do it another time. Yep, Unless sure. she's listening now, no. Megan, call in. Um, I mean, she could do it after Brandon comes on. Brandon's finishing up with boxing, and then he's going to call from the basement okay. of uh, Brooklyn. So oh, they can nice. call in and, like, maybe, like, um, call in maybe in, like, uh, 20, 30 minutes if you want to give her a text. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot her a text, see what she's up to. See if she wants to uh, go tip for tat. I don't think she can hang with us, though. I, I um Ooh. I mean she's she sold us, she sold us that she can go tip for tat, but I don't I don't necessarily think she can go tip for tat, but we'll see about that. We shall see. Happy birthday but, to Megan, by the way. Yeah. Um yeah, Brandon though, this this guy Brandon, uh you know, you I saw you were bringing him on, so I checked him out a little bit. And this guy's quick, man. He, he he's quick. He got fast feet, fast hands. Uh, I liked what I saw. Fast feet, fast hands, and uh, what the one of the best trash talkers ever. But like, so like his last play, and I was commentating it, and somebody shot. He shot his opponent shot for a takedown. He looked over me. He's like, "This bitch ain't got nothing." Like right in front of him. Like, holy shit! Like, it just literally said that right right to the commentating mm-hmm. table. Like. He's just a fucking assassin, a ninja. Actually got signed to Bellator, and he has an announcement about that one. But he just recently got signed and fighting very soon. So fighting at the end of the month in October. So, 
everyone's looking up forward to that. I'm looking forward to that because I, I think he's going to be a killer. You know, he's he's definitely going to be a killer. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked what I saw, and I'm glad he's uh, I'm glad he's at Bellator because now I have you know, even though I, I now now I watch Bellator, I do watch Bellator, but I actually watch it that day. Um, it's the time exactly Brandon's on the card because uh, like I said, I like what I see. And it's like it's like what uh, your buddy your buddy Villa does from uh, Fightbook MMA. He yeah sees yeah. all this he sees all these underground promotions, uh, all these you know you know like I'm not, I'm not. double A or triple A, and he just finds these people. Right, that's very true. Hey, Brent, what's going on, brother? Hey, David, what's up, man? Hey, the ninja himself. What's going on, brother? I'm good, man. I just finished practice. Had a nice, good Muay Thai session. Very good, very good. Brandon, hey, uh, meet my cousin Sean. Sean, meet Brandon. Sean's actually a commentator for UCF as well. What's up, Brandon? Hey, man, it's good to meet you, Sean. Hey, you as well, you as well. I saw your fight uh, on UCF, and, I mean, I, I, I was truly amazed by what I saw. I can't wait to see watch you fight again. And uh, like I said, I look forward to seeing you get back into that octagon. I appreciate that so much, brother. I was actually supposed to um, step into that cage 16 days from now. It was going to be my professional debut in Bellator. And I'm so disappointed to say that I got the call late last night that my opponent got injured, man. And that just can't happen anymore. Oh, oh my fucking God. So you, you, you and I were talking about this before. So, like... When something like this happens, especially with Bellator, because not a lot of people will know this. I won't know this. Sean won't know this. So what what did Bellator, what did they say to you, or what was the communication like? Uh, My coach messaged me, and he showed me messages between him and, I guess you could say, uh, one of the promoters from Bellator, a woman who handles things like that. She basically informed him that Brandon Medina is out with an injury, and that they would be looking uh, to do their best to find me a new opponent, you know? It's just a little difficult to do on 16 days' notice, especially for an organization like Bellator, you know? Yeah, yeah. And what what, yeah. what did Terry Gold like? Obviously, you work with one of the best coaches, one of the greatest guys that I, I met in the fight game. Terry. That's my dude. Yeah. All things MMA. So, like... So what what would he say? Like when he finds uh, a fight on sixteen days' notice, and this is your professional debut in Bellator, but they find like an opponent that's three and zero, four and zero, five and zero. Like what was Terry's uh, opinion on it? I think Terry would look at it from a stylistic uh, matchup. You know, he knows my skill set well, and uh, if he thought that the fight was good and my style matched up to you know his strengths and weaknesses and opposed to each other, you know, I think. He would have told me to take the fight. And, you know, I just listened to my coach. He he was the one who actually made the decision for me to go pro. He just goes one day, you know, you're ready. So I trust his decision. If he's told me to take the fight, I'm taking the fight. Awesome, man. Sean, you got a question? Yeah, yeah. I, I, first and foremost, I like exactly how you put that, you know. Listening to your coach, he told me, you know, he told me to go pro. And if he thinks the fight's right, the fight's right. All you got to do is step in there and throw, throw your hands, throw your feet. My question is, when did uh, when did you realize that you wanted to, you know, you know, fight not just professionally but get into fighting? How young were you when you started? 
Wow. Um, you could say I was. Hold on, let me remember. When I uh, got a, I wouldn't not exactly when I started training, but when I got a general interest in martial arts, it was when mm-hmm. I was just about ten or eleven, maybe. I was very young, watching my uh, older brother play some video game. It was some military game, Metal Gear Solid, actually. And the main <laughs> nice character. Name. Yeah, his name was Snake. He was just like so badass. I I saw for the first time in my life, like uh, up until that point, and whether in reality or on a YouTube video, or whatever, it was my first time seeing one man, like, uh, beat multiple with his bare hands, and I was just like, that's like possible? No way! And I couldn't <laughs> believe it, even though it was just a video. You know, I was like, wow, that can actually be done. And ever since then, that's when I basically, you know, got into fighting. I wanted to be like Snake. Fucking not, not a bad role model right there. Not, not bad a bad at all. Dude, I, I realize how much of a bad you are because you're so nice and respectful. Like, you and I have always had good dialogue, and we go way back. But, like, when I saw you in the cage and, like, you stopped this guy that you were fighting, and then you looked over at Terry and you looked over at your coach and your core man, said, that was fucking easy, and you started screaming. Dude, that's <laughs> I let some emotions go. Savage. <laughs> And that's when I saw. That's when I was told that you're a bad motherfucker. The second you started screaming, <laughs> it was easy. But like, so, so like with, with that being said, um, like when when did you realize? Because you, you had a tremendous career in ECF, and you buzzsawed through a lot of talented individuals. And uh, stylistically, people that would give you trouble, but you just literally made it made it look easy. So when did you realize what flight were you at? Like, man, I can I can turn this into a pro career. I can go to the big leagues. I can go to the Bellator. I can go to those big leagues and actually, you know, give these guys some and do some damage. I'll break that down into when I feel like I was ready for amateur and well after pro. I was basically, hmm, I would say at one point it was when I was like 16 or 17. I debuted at 18, but at that age before, either two years or a year and a half before that, that's when I felt like um, I was already in Brooklyn MMA for a good amount of years, maybe three. And obviously, at first, I got my ass kicked by everybody. That's pretty much how it goes for any fighter starting off. And like, uh, yeah, one time, eventually when I started holding my own with the fighters, that's when I knew I was like, all right, I've looked up to these guys for so long. Now I'm holding my own with them. And I was like, I can do what they do, you know? We're all just human. And I, that's yeah. when I set up for my amateur debut. And then pro, I already told you, my coach just one day goes recently, you know, you're ready, let's go do this. And all Terry had to do was make a call, right? Like, and he just called Bellator and said, hey, this kid's going to kill people. Like, you should sign him. I'm sorry? So, so when when so who was the person that brokered the deal between you and Bellator? Like, was it Terry? Was it Bellator reaching out? Like, how did that happen? Um, Terry, you could say already had some connections. You know, we have um, quite a few fighters in Bellator, um, Nekru, Sukrov, and um, our jujitsu guy Lucas. So, um, he kind of hooked me up with that opportunity. You know. Yeah, man. John. Yeah, uh, Bellator, great promotion, too. I mean, uh, I love what Scott Coker does. You know, he's more of a, you know, a fighter's promoter, in my opinion, than a lot of companies around. Uh, It's unfortunate that, you know, we can't see you fight that day. That being said, obviously, you're still training and you're looking for a fight. If you don't get a fight within the next 16 days, um, what's the time frame 
they can find you, you know, for their next event. Would they be able to put you on that card for the next event, or it's just you're just going to stay in the gym and, you know, do your thing? Uh, I'm definitely looking to get back in there as soon as possible. You know, I feel so just drained and robbed of such a great opportunity. You know, I'm just itching to get back in there. I already went through a full camp. So I'm definitely going to, I would say, wait till. I'm going to say the next, next card. And the only reason I would okay. say not the next card is because that's going to be in Japan. And, yeah, I just. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a little, l- that's little bit of a track there. Yeah, that's just so many things there. That's weird. But, um, so, yeah, the next, next local card is what I'm going to look to hop on for sure. Definitely mm-hmm. want to get in there cool. as soon as possible. I hope we get to see awesome. you there. Cause, like, I told, like I told my cousin, I saw uh, – your last fight in the ECF, I think the guy's name was Bryce or something, and just the yeah, footwork, and, and, yeah, the footwork and the and, and the handwork you were you were doing, it was it was just great fighter too, Bryce. But he just you were in a you were in an upper echelon class, and he was that day. Um, it just it, it wasn't even, you know, the stoppage was the right stoppage there too, and just well, that was my first fight seeing you fight, and it was. You got the goods, man, and I can't wait to see it again. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Thank you. I did. I, I enjoyed it totally again. Yeah. So, 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 Brent, so, like, going back to the last fight, and so you can mix it up. You can, you can wrestle. You can defend takedowns. And I, I saw, I, I saw three of your fights. And you know, you can wrestle. You can take down. You can strike with the best of them. Uh, obviously, you dominated the, the last fight. So. Uh, did you did you ever wrestle in high school? Like, did you did you just you know go into Brooklyn MMA as a moldable clay where there was no background and anything like that? Did you wrestle in high school or like what, what was your background before you went to Brooklyn MMA? Before Brooklyn MMA, you could say uh, around the time when I saw that snake dude, I started looking up YouTube videos of how to fight, and the first thing I came across was some jujitsu. So. I kind of started, um, you know, just shadowing techniques off of YouTube from there for a little bit. Then eventually that grew into, yes, wrestling in high school. That kind of, well, you know what wrestling does. They say it's the hardest sport in the world. That really made me tough. I was, like, kind of chubby, and that just fixed everyone right up into shape. I actually was a team captain for, like, since my sophomore year. Yeah, the first day of school I actually went to the wrestling coach because I already knew I kind of wanted, you know, it was the only martial art that was available in school. So I went into fighting, and I just went for it. Holy shit. And and your wrestling was super good. I mean, this this guy, Bryce, and for everybody, go on YouTube and watch a Brand Santiago's fight. This guy was shooting for takedowns. He's a jiu-jitsu. He's a very good jiu-jitsu practitioner, the guy that Brandon was fighting. And he had nothing for you. I mean, and, you know, it it it, it was so... We prepared so for him well, sound. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were so technically sound in that flight, and, and just it, it looked it looked like you were light years ahead of this guy. So, with that being said, is there anybody that you can see, especially in your weight class, that is going to be a good fight for you, or someone that you would want to fight, someone that you think that is going to be the fight to 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 make in order to boost up your name and boost up your uh, repertoire? Because obviously, we all know you, and we all know you as a dangerous fighter. But what do you think is the fight to make for you from a career standpoint? From a career standpoint, man, I've, I, in my mind anyway, I've, I've had that fight for the longest time. It haunts me 
at least not for long periods of time, but at least for a little bit of every day, man, I think about it. I, I want the rematch with the only fight I ever lost to an amateur. Yeah. My title yeah. fight, um, John Arce, man, that I think about him at least once every day. I need to get that back. That's the fight that I think is definitely going to make stars. Right. Do you, do you think, um, you think that fight down the pipeline? Cause and I saw that fight too, you know, it's not like you, you know, you, you got caught and it happens to the best of us. So yeah. like, do you, do you think it fucking sucks? And you know what? It, it doesn't, doesn't take away from how skilled you are and how great you are. But do you think down the pipeline, like, or Terry can maybe arrange that where, you know, you both can be in the same place at the same time, if you know what I'm saying, like maybe Bellator or some other promotion, you track him down and headhunt him, or like, how do you think that would play out, or how you would get that fight? That's always been something that uh, I wanted to make happen, yeah, I've definitely talked about it with Terry before, it's been a while, you know, we've just been moving up, we knew that he wasn't going to be the pro debut, and he wasn't even with Bellator yet, so we sidelined him for a little, you know, to worry about my pro debut, but, you know, obviously that's not happening, so now maybe that actually opens up the door for the focus of this long-awaited rematch that I want. Uh, I think he's a fucking dead man when you fight him. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. And yeah, see, that's he... turning that's turning lemons into lemonade. I mean, like, uh, unfortunately, hopefully, stylistically, you know, you, you get your matchup. It's 16 days. That's tough. But lemons to lemonade, maybe, like you said, that does open the door for that rematch, you know. Maybe he has nothing going on right now. And it'll just be right, right place, right time, and then you can get a yeah, you turn you pro. You just desserts, you know. Second Wait, I he heard he turned, turned pro. Yes. Oh. Oh, he, he has. turned pro this right after our fight. No shit! Wow. So this could actually happen. Like you're not, you're not, you're not even king. This could actually happen. Same place, same time. Yeah, man. That's why it's just, it's just on me all the time. Yeah, man, and you'll get that win back. And I don't want to take up too much of your time, man, when we talked about this because I know you just got done with boxing. You're probably tired, and, you know, I don't want to take That's up too much of your time. Sure, but so I have two questions for you. So one, where do you see yourself? So obviously, you know, you got Simon Bellator for being the talented, great guy that you are. And, you know, you, you have plenty of good opponents to fight there. But what's your end game goal? Like, where do you want to end up? What do you want to end up doing? And who you want to like end up fighting? What's like your dream opponent? And where's your dream organization to end up in? Yeah, Bellator is definitely a prestigious organization. I appreciate the opportunity Terry has given me in full. And uh, for sure, though, ever since I got into MMA, ultimately I do want to be in the UFC. You know, it's uh, fact proven that's number one fighting organization in the world, meaning the best of the best are in the UFC, and that's where I want to end up after a few Bellator performances, you know? Cool, man. Absolutely. Sean? Yeah, and then if you are in the... Let's just just spitball here, and you are in the UFC. What's what's the opponent that you see you fighting? And obviously, things could change in the years down the line, but let's say you were in UFC now. Who would you want your opponent to be? Hmm. Let me think. Yeah, it's a tough see, one. I think I'll definitely be ready for everyone in my mind. But there had to be a if I could pick my debut, I would say maybe. Well, that's a really tough question. It's a yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. 
off the top of the head, could be ranked one, could have the belt, could be ranked four, just somebody you think that, you know, you would have a, you'd have like a, an Israel gas loom fight of the year fight. Hmm. Hold on. TJ Dillashaw with platform shoes. <laughs> He's a bantam weight. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, I think it's kind of tired from boxing. The only flyweight <laughs> team that I can think of is I in the call right now. That and Dad Johnson, that, but I wouldn't like that as a pro debut, I'll be honest. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but just a barn burner of a fight. Get him, get him with the handlebar mustache. Hey, Brian, I know you're talking. Ian McCall is a good good fight. But uh, I know you're tired from boxing. I appreciate you coming on so I can say what's up and, you know, shout appreciate you out. you having me, man. Thank you. Of course. And congratulate you for all your success. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a friend. I'm your fan. So uh, anybody you want to shout out, anybody you want to give love to, props to, uh, I leave the floor to you. It was really good talking to you, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much, Brandon. I really do appreciate yeah. you coming on. And let let my cousin know your next fight so that I can watch you, brother. For sure. Promise. All right, Brandon. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys, man. Have a good There he is. Boom. Sean, you still there, baby? Photoshop a... Now I got to Photoshop a picture of... Uh... Of TJ Dillashaw wearing platform shoes since we're since we've been on this topic for a little bit, or I've been on this topic. I gotta I gotta get my Photoshop back, and uh, and, and we we gotta put that up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Would there be any copyright that I that uh, I have to look into, or uh, any cease and assist if if, uh, if he gets mad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta look up. Uh, no, that's that. That's uh, it's unfortunate for your buddy, man. I was looking forward to seeing his fight. I'm just texting him back right now. Yeah. But uh, but he he seems like he's in good spirits. Uh, I mean, for for the situation and the cards he was dealt, um, it was fucking sucks. Happens- but uh. But this shit happens more often than not where people will back out. Fight, it's fight so crazy how and... much in the past two years I've seen this happen, whether it's been you or now him. Dude, it happened to me over one summer. It happened to me four times. And before that, you know why my return has taken two years? My neck was already cured by 2017, mm-hmm. and I was ready to go and ready to fight. You know, people back out. You know, it's it's – it's the worst about the fight business because people are getting hurt. People get injured. You know, it just, it, it, it fucking sucks. It's the worst thing about the MMA business where, you know, card subject to change is not a fucking joke. You know, card is definitely subject to change. That's the one thing I hate about the MMA business is staying healthy, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. In this, in that business, you see, well, any, any hand on hand, you see a lot of people, uh, go down with inj- injuries, you know, MMA more often than not, you know, you see it in WWE too. I mean, you know, Sasha Banks and Bray Wyatt went down with injuries over the weekend. It's just one of those things, you know, the body, it's like, t- it's like you say, time always wins. The body always wins. You know, if, uh, 
If you land wrong, the body's going to beat you. Yep. Fuck that. Fuck yeah. But anywho, so um, let's see. Do we have anything on the list to talk about? Oh, shit. So I w- while we were talking before, um, do you know Cain Velasquez is actually wrestling fucking Brock Lesnar? And do you know that Tyson Fury is going to be wrestling fucking Braun Strowman? <laughs> Yeah, they they had a they, yeah they they did a lot this weekend. Cain uh, Velasquez, that's that's the pickup. That's that's the pickup that is is helping them right now. Cain um, Velasquez, you know, Mexican background. Obviously, you know, Mexicans love their wrestling. Luchadors. <clears throat> I think he only had one match in uh, AAA. That uh, and then he just went. I guess Vince was like, all right, we need this to happen. And Brock Lesnar can sell anything. Brock Lesnar can sell a ladder to a paraplegic. So, yeah, this this fight is going to – I can't – Friday, SmackDown is going to be a good SmackDown. As long as they don't give Cain Velasquez a mic, um, I think they'll be good. I think think Cain can work the stick. My my problem is – what are they going to do with his character? They're going to make him lose his very first match at, at Crown Jewel? Like, how, how are they going to play it out, then? Oh, we all know who's going to lose. Brock Lesnar's going yeah, to lose in, like, 16 seconds and make $5 million and, and just walk out and then come back when he wants to and uh, and then beat Cain Velasquez, you know? That's what Brock Lesnar yeah. does, man. Brock Lesnar, you know, puts people over because he doesn't want to get in the ring that much anymore. He's like... 16 seconds for $5 million? Sign me up. They are not That's how I see that. To, they are not going to fucking put the title on Cain Velasquez, his very first match. There is no fucking way they'll do that. There's no way they'll do that. Then you there have, then you have Brock, then you have Brock who's by the, you have Cain win by DQ. Uh, I don't know about that one. I, I don't, I don't see Cain Velasquez winning his very first match, but it's also going to suck because they're going to kill Cain Blass's character within one match. Exactly. That's that's why you have him to keep both of them strong. Unfortunately, you have Cain win by disqualification. Um, see how long the match goes on for. Hopefully, his knee holds up. I mean, like his knee seems a little wanky these days. Um, hopefully, his knee holds up. Hopefully, he doesn't go back to MMA either. Both, you know, his Cain Cain should be done with that. Just do the wrestling thing. You know, it works. Uh, and then Tyson Tyson Fury, man, he's he's my he's my favorite boxer, uh, dude, the lineal champion, the Gypsy King, awesome to see. Dude, we got we got to watch that together. We got to watch Tyson Fury versus fucking Braun Strowman. Yo, that's gonna yeah. be sick. <laughs> yeah, and that's like who who was the last fighter to punch? What was that? Braun Strowman got a little two step with Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar two-pieced him. And <laughs> Ron Strowman took it on the chin, man. He got stunned a little bit, but he took it on the chin. So, I mean, oh, yeah, that, we got to watch that one together. It's going to be fun. Fucking hilarious. I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be great. All right, sir. So, it's getting late. We are at the uh, 90-minute mark, basically. Today. Yeah, we both got to work tomorrow. I you know, I, I wake up at, uh, not as early as you, but uh, I still get up early and do my thing. I got to be up at 5 a.m. This is going to suck. I Man, really you're, th- you're still in training mode, brother. Get it done. Dude, 
I'm irritated. I'm constantly hungry. I'm exhausted every single day. Somebody gets in my space or brings fucking some bad vibes. I want to fight them at the bar, tell people to fuck their face off. Dude, I, I can't wait for this to be over. But I can't, I can't wait for it to actually happen. I'm, I'm just super stoked about it. I've just been super grumpy. Holy shit. Yep. And you know who will be there? I'll be there. <laughs> you? That's right. Of course. That's right. Of course I'll be there. Dude, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I'm but yeah, we'll look up. And if any, uh, if any viewers have any topics, uh, shoot something to David Potter. If you want to talk, talk about, you want to talk about anything, and uh, yeah, we'll get it done next time. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta do this more consistently. I think you and you and I have just really busy schedules, and I think it's really hard to do it consistently. But we gotta start doing this consistently. I yeah, really I, I think, I think we'll be able to do this more consistently when uh, after your fight, and then because uh, my schedule slows up too for work, so we'll be able to do it more consistently then. So stay tuned. And also, um, the next one we should do we should do one after our commentating. Uh, or no, we should do one after your fight, I think. Or, or we'll do one after the commentating and one after the fight. How's that sound? That sounds like an actually very good plan. Actually, just saying. I surprise you sometimes, Davey. You know that's what I do. You're a genius with the ten foot penis. I I I know you, brother. I know you. Let him know. Let him know. Uh, I don't know. I'm like Gardner Minshew with my genius tendencies, my beard, and my long hair. That's very true. That's a very good point, my friend. But, right, yeah, man. I'm going to have to let you go now, Davey. Uh, if you're bored, you you know the address. I won't say that loud, but you know where I am. Always give me a call. Always come by. Well, we also have Megan's party, too, on Friday. Oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. with you Friday. I get to see you Friday. I'm so excited, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Got back-to-back weeks, man. I know. Back-to-back right? back weeks. All of you listening, you're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I got to go. I'll talk to you later, brother. What a bunch of losers. I love you, Sean. All right. Be easy. Hey, fam, stay tuned next time. That's right. God damn. All right. Thank you, Sean. All right, we're about to sign this bitch off. Um, so stay tuned, by the way. So uh, Dreamly Pro Store, I, I'm gearing up for Black Friday. So I'm putting all that eggs in the Black Friday basket. For all your orders, thank you so much, by the way. You know, we've been slammed with orders. I've been slammed with orders. It's a very good problem to have. I'm very excited, you know, for, for all the customers and everything like that. Send me pics, okay? Not a lot of you customers are sending me pics. And I'm getting really, really fucking annoyed with you. I'm sending fucking chain letters. Hey, send me pictures of all your orders and shit. And I'm not getting nada. They nada. I, I want to blast you guys. And I want to blast you guys looking fine like wine in all my gear. So do me a favor. Do David a solid and actually send me a photo of you wearing your gear so I can blast you off. You'll get 100 different likes and everything like that. You'll get that online clout. Just do me a favor. Wear my gear. Send a picture. Send a selfie. Whatever you want. And, you know, send me that shit because I want to blast you. You guys aren't just customers. You guys aren't just another number. You guys aren't spending $37 with shipping and everything like that just for you to wear a shirt around your friends and family. I want to blast you out to everybody. So do me a solid and send all that to me and send it to uh, DreamLeaguePro at gmail.com. 
So topics on me, you know, I, I sent out a chain letter about the uh, about the Potter video blog because I got nothing for you guys this month. There's no new gear because I'm gearing up for, you know, I'm I'm building up the trenches for for Black Friday, which is always my, you know, that's always my my big my big season. So you know, I, I appreciate your patience. You know, you guys are still ordering and I still love you, but I'm gearing up right now. So I'm glad you enjoyed the uh, the Potter blog. Um, you know, so, you know, enjoy the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Uh, I'm in gear. I'm in training. So, you know, I'm in training mode. Obviously, you can tell by my voice and the difference in my voice from other past episodes. I'm agitated. I'm exhausted. I'm running on barely any sleep. My schedule is crazy. Running a business, being head of operations for another business, you know, like house shopping, doing the adulting thing, you know, trying to maintain a relationship with my family and my friends, attempting, making a solid attempt at a love life, which is, you know, I'm pretty much emotionally unavailable, but I'm I'm working on it. Um, You know, it's just the nature of, you know, training and everything like that. My, I'm target fixated. And um, yeah, so everybody, thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. You guys are the best, you know, Dreamly has the, the, the best community on the planet earth. And I love you guys ever. So, so rest assured, by the way, October 19th, again, ECF, join me on pay-per-view, Fight TV, Fight Planet TV. Join me, Sean, and um, the, the great Jim Jefferson. He'll, we'll all be commentating for that event. Uh, November 16th, buy your tickets for uh, ACE live from Wellington, New Jersey. I'll be facing my longtime rival. I don't need, we, we just did a documentary for Fight TV. Um, it was not a pleasant experience watching what he had to say. I'm, I'm, and it's not a pleasant experience either hearing what he has to say, but I'm dealing with it. I'm training. I'm motivated. You know, I'm, nothing's stopping me. And, you know, if I have to go for a kill, I have to go for a kill. So, period. And, you know, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be an exciting holiday season, and I can't wait to join you on that. You guys are the best. I love you guys more than anything. You have no idea. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you later. Take it easy. Dream Elite Radio. Wow.